Uh, Mark, if you had to pick the league fits all stars, uh, who would be in your starting five? Welcome to the Hoops and Recreation podcast, the fortnightly podcast where we take you through four 12-minute quarters of all things basketball. I'm your co-host for today, Matt, and with me, as always, the biggest thing in basketball to come out of the year 1985, Mark. Bruce Jenner was drafted in 1977 by the Sacramento Kings. Another good stat. And uh, our sixth man of the year every single year, Wardy. Hey, dudes. Uh, We have a great episode for you today with lots to talk about, so let's get started. Right, quarter number one. Time to look back at uh, the last week of games and uh, pick out some big performances. Uh, Big week in the NBA this week. Uh, It was Rivals Week, so uh, lots of fun, exciting games to to talk about. But uh, before we get to those fun, exciting games, seeing as I've started this uh, quarter and I kind of have control here, catching the two of you off guard and just want to say that uh, the Clippers are on a five-game win streak, by the way. I'm just going to sneak that in there before we talk about the exciting stuff. The Clippers are playing well and I'm, I'm vetoing my power to to talk about the Clippers first of all. I like that you understood that the Clippers weren't exciting, uh, so you oh, would yeah. talk about it then. <laughs> yeah. We could talk about some good stuff in a little while. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I have to use my power of introducing each of these segments to get in what I want to talk about first, basically. But yeah, no, I, I'll keep it short and sweet because there are more exciting things to talk about. Uh, the Clippers are finally on a five-game win streak. It might be over by the time this podcast ends because we are on a back-to-back against the Cavs, uh, which means Kawhi and Paul George won't play. So it will probably end up being five and one in six games. But uh, finally, seeing some cohesiveness from the Clippers. Uh, Kawhi has averaged 30 points a game in the last five games. We are seeing assists going up. Reggie Jackson has pulled his fucking finger out. And uh, Terrence Mann and Zoo are, as always, the rocks of the Clippers. So I'm a very happy boy. I'm a happy boy at the minute. But I won't I won't take this whole quarter up talking about the Clippers. It was a big week of games uh, this week. We had Rivals Week. So, Mark, what are some of the games that you uh, you were watching this week? I don't have time to talk about it since you sabotaged half of uh, <laughs> you, you know what I wanted to say now. Talking about the Clippers. We're trying to talk about Rivals Week. You took the fucking Clippers. Uh... <laughs> it's an interesting idea, Rivals Week, because there are a few rivalries in the NBA, but not as many, I don't think, the NBA tried to make up they were. They were like, yeah, let's throw these two together. They, they can be a rival. Like, yeah, they, 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 they had a game once before. They got a bit heated. So they're a rival now. Let's chuck them together. Like, there were some legitimate rivals and some of those games were really good. Some of it was kind of the NBA trying to make something out of nothing. But um, let, let's, let's start with, obviously, my favourite game of the week, which was Celtics versus Knicks. Um, that was an absolutely brilliant game. Yeah uh the, the over at the td garden and the knicks really took it to the celtics uh, and almost done a knicks and fucked it up right at the buzzer <laughs> um but came back in in ot um and did the job um and and brunson coming through with that block last play as well was big everybody played well randall had a huge hammer and it sets it up nicely for the game back at madison square garden um in a month time which i'll actually be at so hey. super excited about that now 
then there's another couple of actual rivalries. So obviously the Celtics played the Lakers, um, and that one again went down to the wire. Uh, with a bit of a contentious decision, yeah. uh, or in fact, quite a few contentious decisions. Lots of people saying that uh, really it was the Faris, um versus the Lakers. And watching it back, I would hardly disagree with that. Um, the last play, I'm not convinced about. First of all, they're down by three. Uh, LeBron went for a layup and was fouled. So it would have been uh, two, two free throws anyway, and the, the time had almost expired. It wouldn't make much difference. I know it does change it, but... It wasn't as big as everyone's making it out to be, but there was a lot of other decisions in that game um, which seemed to go the Celtics' way. I mean, I was just happy with this game to to see the pictures afterwards of uh, um, Pat Bev bringing Pat a camera, Bev camera onto the court to be like, look, this... like As if his camera, as if like Pat Bev's camera is going to be the decision-maker. Like They have replays for a reason. Like it's not I don't like... think it was actually Pat Bev's, bro. No, of course. I don't course. think it yeah, was yeah. his. He didn't, like, <laughs> didn't have it set up there. <laughs> no, I, mean, I, I know that, but do you know what I mean? Like, why out of all of the cameras that are in that stadium, the referee would go, should we, ch- should we check this one that Pat Bev's holding? Like, whichever <laughs> random camera that he's pulled from the crowd, like, should we use this camera of all cameras to check if this is a foul? Not the technology that we would spend all this money installing in the stadium. We're going to use Pat Bev's DSLR camera. They didn't camera. check it. No, but the point I'm making is like, <laughs> like they if they were going to check it, why would it be Pat Bev's camera? <laughs> I, I think I, I think the photographer called, called Pat Bev over and said, look, uh, you can see it clearly here. And, you know, oh, the buzzer had already gone. Like, yeah. So the game was over. They weren't going to review at that point. But Pat Bev always wants to prove a point, doesn't he? If, he, yeah. if he's got one that he can talk about. Because Pat Bev was feeling himself that game. He was. He had it because he had a putback, didn't he? He didn't do that in a Clippers uniform. <laughs> he did not. Um, and Celtics-Lakers is an actual rivalry as well. So that was great. Um, as is Knicks Nets, which was another fun one. Um, and the Knicks were just in the Nets' arse the entire game. Uh, unfortunately, and, and got it down to three in the fourth, but never got out of it. The Nets had 22 threes, and when you watch the Nets playing like they did, they just have so many fucking weapons. Like, Royce was playing really well, like hitting threes. Harris was hitting threes. Curry was hitting threes. Um, Watanabe was hitting threes. And Kyrie took over, like, without KD as well. Th- those guys played some really nice basketball. I'm not saying they don't when they got KD, because, you know, what I'm saying is other people stepped up. Um, and it's it is a joy to watch Kyrie when he's playing like that. Yeah, um, I think the Nets are just uh, everything that we thought was bad about the Nets at the beginning of the season have just somehow like turned themselves around. Right, like right at the beginning of the season, we were there like Nick Claxton's their starting center. Like they've they're they're going to go up against. A Giannis or a Zion or something like that, and he's not going to be able to stop them. And now all of a sudden, Claxton is probably one of the better centers in the league. And again, like you had this whole drama with Kyrie and KD kind of towards the beginning of the season, and now all of a sudden there's zero drama whatsoever. And kind of KD's been playing absolutely amazing. I know obviously he's out of the minute. As soon as he goes out, everyone thought, oh, is Kyrie going to be able to actually perform on his own? And like you said, he's just he's getting his head down and enjoying his basketball and playing very very well it's like you said a couple of episodes ago mark when Kyrie's enjoying his basketball it's great to watch so 
that's exactly what's happening now. The, the Brooklyn are just proving everyone wrong, which seems like such a weird thing to say when you have a team with KD and Kyrie. But I think because of all the drama that had kind of caught them up over the over the season, they've had to kind of prove everyone wrong because everyone just thought, oh, well, the, the drama is going to make them crumble. No, they're, they're a force. They're a force, as we expected when all of these trades first happened. Yeah, interestingly, because they had all the hype at the start of the season, understandably, with the acquisitions that they made. And then immediately had drama um, and we didn't know what was going to happen. They were Steve Nash got sacked. There was a change in coaching, but the players have responded to the new coach really well and they are playing exactly how we thought they would. So if it keeps going like this, if they keep clicking as they are, they're going to be really dangerous come playoff time. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I'll tell you what, another team that uh, is going to be dangerous come playoff time is the 76ers who are currently... Uh, with the biggest uh, current win streak in the NBA. Uh, they are currently 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. Day of record and they are on a seven-game win, uh, win streak. Uh, Embiid is on an absolute tear and crotch chopping his way to the top of the Eastern Conference uh, <laughs> and MVP race. He told Jokic to suck it. <laughs> DX. Oh god! The, the video. If anyone has, if anyone's listening to this and hasn't seen the video, please just find on Twitter. I'm pretty sure it's on Joel Embiid's Twitter. The video he made of him basically doing the the, the DX crotch chop, but he like mixed in the whole entrance theme. It's probably one of the best editing jobs I've ever seen. I like the addition of wrestling uh, in in the NBA, like some more wrestling stuff, because it's that, that full entertainment value, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and that DX is so iconic, although it was fine for it, as you said, uh, as you mentioned to me earlier, Wardy, because you can't do anything revolving your nuts anymore in the NBA, which is a true disappointment. <laughs> That's what's wrong with the NBA. That's the feedback we have for the NBA is let, let more things happen regarding nuts. <laughs> You can't do crotch chopping. You can't do the big balls dance anymore. I mean, the, the league's losing. It's just such a soft league now. <laughs> it's not, not, um, not enough nuts so talk. In the battle of the the MVPs, Jokic had twenty four, eight, and nine. Um, but Embiid forty seven, eighteen, five assists, three steals, and two blocks with the Sixers with a massive comeback win as well. Like that is that that's a proper Shaq stat line. Like. You, you think you're something, I'm going to show you yeah. that I'm something and that we mean business this year. Like that was that was a huge statement. I mean, I'm just I'm kind of annoyed that this hasn't been the whole way through the season for the Sixers because I was so like ready to see the Sixers take over when we did our preseason predictions. And this is exactly what I said. Embiid was going to come out all guns blazing. And he has been. Obviously, they've just had some injuries. We've said this on multiple podcasts, injuries at the start of the season. The one thing that I am finding really interesting about the Sixers at the minute is how they're utilising Tyrese Maxey. Um, Tyrese Maxey obviously has been injured for... Well, he, he had a, a big portion of the season where he was injured. He came back around Christmas time, uh, maybe the earlier uh, kind of beginning of the year. And since he's come back they've started to play him as a sixth man rather than starting him and 
what it's it's working basically whatever on earth what on earth how he thinks he's emmanuel quickly basically he, he thinks he's emmanuel quickly yeah of course that's yeah. exactly what's going yeah. through his head yeah, yeah, yeah he he thinks he's emmanuel <laughs> quickly yeah <laughs> <laughs> but he's been playing amazing. It seems to be that having uh, Melton in the starting lineup is just much better for them defensively because when you have Tyrus Maxey and Harden on the floor at the same time, you are going to be giving up a little bit defensively there. And actually, you can just have Tyrus Maxey coming off the bench as that kind of spark of energy. He's still playing 30-odd minutes, or he has been since his return, but his numbers have just consistently got better and better and better. And he's had uh, a majority of the time about 20 points a game. He's had a couple of big games. I think he had 30 the other day. So I think it's those little adjustments that the Sixers are making where they're like, actually, we probably should start Tyrese Maxey, but Melton's kind of doing really good. So let's just have you come off the bench. And it's, I think that's smart coaching, whereas a lot of other teams would just put him in the starting lineup because he should be there. I agree. And when you've got that three-guard lineup, that uh, three-guard rotation, sorry, um, with that. So you have got Harden and Maxi for some minutes, but then you've got the Maxi and Melton minutes and obviously the Harden and Melton minutes. You've, you've always got that kind of, or most of the time, you've got a defensive presence on. And if you need full offense... Harden and Maxi together. And and you mentioned that they haven't been good. Like you want to see more of this this, this season. They're second in the East. Well, and now they they're are third but, in the yeah. whole league. Well, now they are, but what I'm yeah, saying is they're third in the whole league. Yeah, but I'm saying I would have really liked to have seen we had the first few games, three to four games at the beginning of the season. I'm I'm not saying it's Sixers' fault, injuries. But what I'm saying is, I think if they hadn't, I know you can say this about anything, or if they weren't injured, or if they weren't this, if we had had a fully healthy Sixers lineup from the beginning to now, like they'd easily be first. See, look, what, what have they done now over the last two months? They've been an absolute tear. I honestly think if we had those two from the beginning, Boston wouldn't be number one right now. But again... Wow, because I was about to say to you, what more do you want? Because they're, I want them to be first. <laughs> you want them to be first by a long way, by the sounds. Yeah. Of <laughs> How they're playing now, they should be. Well, first of all, I, I profusely apologise. You, you know, I'm. I'm <laughs> I, I hope you know that they can they can they can make it back up to you by moving ahead of Boston over the next few weeks. Uh, I just I just have high standards. Second is not good enough for Matt Sibley. Okay, second is not good enough. <laughs> it shouldn't be good enough for anyone. You're either first or you're a fucking loser. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> you're either first or you're last. Yeah, exactly. Wardy, what were you going to say then before we started talking absolute rubbish? <laughs> I was just going to say, it's a, it's a shame the injuries because, you know, uh, a bar of very few games at the start of the season, and B has been incredible, just like you've talked about those monster stats. He's, you know, he's had those games already by the bucket load. Um, it, it would be really, it would be such a shame if this awesome season he's having kind of falls short because of the, the slow start they had. But um, I'm, I'm glad that they're, you know, that they're up there where Matt Sibley predicted them. I think what is good, a lot's going to depend on is how they manage the health of these guys in the playoffs. Uh, I think that's that's going to be important or maybe how they rest them coming up to the playoffs. Um, but let's stop this quarter there because it's longer than bowl bowl. So let's move on to quarter two. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit sad that we moved on from quarter one after a bowl bowl reference, but uh, we'll move on to... <laughs> tell you what, we can talk about bowl bowl now, actually, because we're... Uh, 
<laughs> we're going to move into quarter two where we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about uh, some on-court kicks, a bit of fashion, league tunnel picks, etc. And uh, like I said, we might, as well, we might as well get this quarter rolling with a little bit of bowl bowl because uh, earlier on this week, seeing as the all-star game starters had been announced, uh, league fits have announced their all-star starters, essentially, or their all-star picks. And uh, bowl bowl's made it. Not only, I mean, we knew that Bol Bol was we knew that Bol Bol was going to be an all star this year. I didn't realise it was going to be uh, league fits, but he can put on his resume that he's an all star in twenty twenty three. I'm super pleased for the guy um, because he's he's one of only about three people I like in the entire league fits all star lineup. <laughs> so I'm super happy for him. Um, just in case anybody hasn't seen it already, uh, league fits done a, an east coast and west coast uh all-star lineup um just to move through it really really quickly east coast starting five was Jalen brown tyrese halliburton jason tatum carl kuzma and uh thanis <laughs> antacumpo so um four out of those five could have made it into uh an all-star game as well an actual all-star game uh one of them's brother could, you know could have taken their place so that that's good although i would say that um Dennis is like i like his fits actually he's probably one of my him and jason tatum are probably my, my two favorites in that that uh that all-star team there yeah no I, i'd agree um uh, yeah i think tatum dresses quite well tatum definitely dresses quite well yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah 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 tatum wears a lot of uh in way over your head uh which is a brand that i like as well so oh, okay yeah, yeah, got to like that. He and he he paid homage quite nicely as well. He had a nice um, Celtics jacket with a Kobe T-shirt on this week, which was nice. A bit of homage to to Kobe, but still keeping it Celtics. Which uh, yeah, I quite like that. I like the way he did it. And then on the bench, they had the big man, Bol Bol, um, Gary Trent Jr., Kelly Oubre, who's probably there every single year. Uh, Sergio Baca, again, you know, well-dressed dude, well-dressed dude. Uh, Kyrie, um, James Harden. That's a bit of a debatable one, it's, uh, especially it's with especially with this picture. There. Like uh, he looks like a unicorn farted on the <laughs> the sugar puff monster in this picture. Like that's basically what he looks like. <laughs> multicolored fur all over him yes covered in multicolored fur yeah um and then pj tucker rounded the squad out the only thing i don't like about league fits is that they tend to pick people who all dress the same yeah um for the most part uh if you dress like shay then you're going to be um a league fits all-star there's a, f- a few guys dressed differently but it's not my favorite um really quickly in the west coast shay who's their absolute favorite uh jordan clarkson again he's one of their one of their favorites um he was joined by Jared Vanderbilt, um, Jeremy Grant, who seems to quite often wear an outfit that makes him look like he was at school and he's got the shirt <laughs> that his mum bought him from next year because it's way too big, but he's got the jumper on from the year before because it's way too small <laughs> with some oversized jeans and some oversized shoes. <laughs> Interesting one. And Carl Anthony Towns, who's the most boring dresser I've ever seen, who's probably the most fucking boring human in the world as well. <laughs> Who the fuck is voting for these? Who is voting for these? It drives me mad, honestly. And then coming off the bench, Booker wears the same fucking outfit every single game. Like, all the- you're a Phoenix fan. Like, he wears the same thing every game, right? He does. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Phoenix fan. I'm not a Devin Booker <laughs> yeah. tunnel, tunnel Phoenix yeah. fan. No. 
ditched yeah, the chinos and the chucks. Come on. Exactly that. Uh, then we've got Josh Christopher. Um, we've got um, Jalen um, Jalen Green. Um, and then rounding out with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. What's his damn name? <laughs> <laughs> um, who plays for the late? Who plays for the Lakers? Um, Scarlett Anderson. Thank you, Scarlett Anderson. Um, the newbie, the rookie, Jeremy Sohan. Uh, I, I like what Sohan does mostly because he's you know got British connections. Yeah. Um, but I think he he brings something a little bit different, so it's good to see him in. Um, and one of the Jalen Williams um, from the Thunder as well. There's probably slightly more variety. Um, in some of those guys but yeah it's pretty much they, they let the fans vote for these it's pretty much just guys who dress the same all the time there's Russ, russell westbrook's been admitted for that for omitted uh, from that which you know surprises me chris paul as much as i don't like him I, I think he has some good outfits yeah jordan paul has some good fits i'm surprised i didn't that we didn't see him in there patty mills as well has some good fits um bruce brown He's been killing it with the uh, the cowboy hats yes. since he's moved to Denver. <laughs> uh, and I'm enjoying that as well. So there's a few more. I like Kevin Love as well. I like the way he dresses. I think he dresses well for a big man. I think Bron dresses well for his size yeah. as well, actually. Um, but I think a lot of these guys, they probably dress more mature. It's probably why I like it because it's like, you know, similar to my age. Whereas these are voted by fans. They like what's, you know, what people are wearing on TikTok. And that's what Shay's wearing. What, what did you guys think? No, I think you're absolutely right. Like, if you look at all of these people, uh, the, the, all of these players, every single pick that they've used is them wearing some sort of high fashion, oversized, baggy, like jumper with the oversized, baggy skater jeans. Like, obviously, there's a couple of outliers here, but if you look at the majority of them, that they all do fit that mold of everything's oversized, including the jeans, which is a very, I want to say in thing, but I don't like the fact yeah, it, it is an it in is. thing, but it also isn't. <laughs> you know I mean, like, I don't, I it don't is. see anyone walking around London dressed like this, like, and, and but it's very much, no. it's the player's fashion at the minute. And I guarantee when the fashion moves on next year, Shay's going to be wearing something completely different. I mean, if you look at Shay's fits here versus last year, Last year, he wasn't wearing anything like this, this baggy. A lot of it was kind of those cargo yeah. pants that had the fucking th- like tassels that came from them. And that's, that's the type of stuff he was wearing last year. And now it's completely like Matrix meets 2000s <laughs> Tony Hawk, doesn't it? That's kind of what it is. I've seen a lot of people rocking their Matrix style fits recently. I don't know if it's the thing. Maybe I'm not on TikTok, so maybe it's the thing on TikTok. Uh, also, Matt, can we just say anytime you say the fashion, you definitely sound like my mum. So, I'll try and move that one out of your vocab. It's the fashion at the moment, it's the in thing. That's even worse, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But it is what's trending, I guess. Trending, that's what I should use. Uh, yeah, trending. And I, I think 90% of these players, they only wear that for the tunnel. Oh, they don't yeah. wear it all the time. Like, they won't wear it for a public appearance. You know, they, they, like, you know, Shay probably wears that all the time. And that's his thing. Uh, the rest of them, you wear the most ridiculous, extravagant thing you can wear. Get your picture taken. Have some three guys on a podcast 
go on about 12 minutes and then um, <laughs> just put your, your team issue sweats on and go home and chill out for the rest of the day. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I agree with you. I, I listened to another podcast about the fashion as well, actually. Um, and I, <laughs> there was a guy that was basically saying, something which I completely agreed with as well, is that a lot of stuff that people see on TikTok or maybe like, like on Eve, it's like that's, people don't actually wear it. Like you, you might think it's trending because somebody's wearing it on an online platform. But like you say, Matt Sibley, like if you went into London or, or or Paris or, you know, somewhere which is kind of known for, for people being well-dressed, you might not actually see anybody dressing like that. But sometimes League Fits or TikTok gives you this impression that this is how, the way that everybody dresses at the moment. And it's, you know, simply not true. Oh, no, 100%. It's it's the same as like Fashion Week, isn't it? Like at the minute, where like we've had Paris Fashion Week, um, what, a week or so ago we've got London Fashion Week coming up. You're going to see some outfits on social media of people wearing crazy shit, but they'll wear it for Fashion Week and then they'll go back to their normal jeans and a t-shirt the following week. And it's exactly the same with this. Yeah. Like Every single game, they get one of these pictures and exactly like Wardy said, they finish the game, they get into something a little bit more comfy and they go home. The same as the rest of us, right? Like this is their equivalent of them yeah. having to put on a shirt and tie for work. It's, it's that kind of almost equivalent. Is that they, they wear it while they're at work and then they go home and wear their comfies. Yeah. And I get it from different aspects. Like they, they want to get their photo taken, they, you know, and also like if I'm getting my, my fashion head on, like the high fashion stuff, the stuff you see on the catwalk, that that dribbles down to like what the kind of tastemakers are wearing, you know, like a lot of these guys, that dribbles down again to, to kind of what people are generally wearing, you know. So there's aspects of it that go throughout and that's what creates trends. So I, I do get it from that perspective. I just don't see the amount of people wearing this stuff that you see in NBA tunnels. And, and, and it's funny because they're all wearing the same fucking fit apart from Bruce Brown. Yeah. The cowboy hats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause he's got his own thing going and, it, and he's really fucking rocking it, man. That guy could literally be from Colorado. Like he, he could have been born, born and raised in Colorado the way he's rocking that so well. hundred yeah, percent. I like him. Well, I tell you what, what we'll do is um, lots of tunnel uh, kind of, talk there uh it would be good to talk a little bit about some on-court shoes that we've seen uh kind of pop up uh over the week we have seen seen as we are coming up to the all-star game uh we have seen nike come out with three new uh uh kind of all-star silhouettes we have the lebron 20 all-star edition which if you haven't seen it yet is kind of like a uh, slightly higher lebron 20 by the looks of things it looks almost a bit more like a, a mid cut than it does a, a low cut uh this time it has it, i don't know for this, it might just be the pictures but for me it looks like the kind of collar goes up a little bit more maybe it's the reverse swoosh is kind of like messed with the geometrics of the shoe a little bit but it definitely looks like it goes mm. up a little bit higher as i've just kind of got uh, kind of given it away there we have a reverse swoosh because lebron thinks he's travis scott now uh the upper of the shoe is blue and white and then it's got kind of like a, a swirly pink uh, midsole like the color um don't understand the reverse swoosh situation uh, i'll go through all of them and then we can have a little chat about the shoes individually we've also got the nike kd 15 all-star which is again you can see that nike have really gone for a bit of a swirly whirly kind of uh, idea here with the 15 being mostly a kind of cream upper but we now have uh, a kind of orange pink and kind of different, well, different shades of pink, really, and some yellow in there, kind of swirly pattern uh, across the, like, cage that holds the laces in. And then 
the Zoom Freak 4, which is a predominantly purple shoe, again, with some kind of like swirly purple uh, pinky hits on the, the swoosh and some kind of black and orange towards the, the rear of the shoe. Um, I think out of all of these, I quite like the Zoom Freak 4 the best. I don't know what you two think. Yeah, it's a good, it's, it's a good shoe and I think the colorway looks looks awesome on that one. Um, yeah, he can't go wrong. I think he's he's had a lot of good ones this year all the way throughout and that's definitely one of my favorites i tried the kd15 um today for the first time and it's really nice Ooh. actually i can see why there's a lot of people wearing it yeah um the 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 brawn baffles me that reverse swoosh like i get why he's doing it and it you know it's kind of a nice nice take because reverse swoosh is you know been been really popular from the travis scott collabs however i feel like it's going to rip off like when you're running like it's <laughs> literally held on with like two stitches like you feel like as you as you as you run, if you just catch one foot against the other, that's yeah. that's going to tear off. So, I wonder. I wonder if they release uh, whether they'll. I'm sure they'll be popular like immediately because the shoe's been popular already. Um, but I wonder what they'd be like to to actually ball in because um, they're not really like an off court shoe. They, they haven't got that swag. Right. So. End of the first half, going into the second half now, and we are going to our third quarter throwback. Uh, This is the quarter where we hand the baton over to Wardy to take us through an iconic uh, game. So, Wardy, what what game are we talking about this week? So, this game is from the 4th of February 2009. It's Cavs versus Knicks at MSG. And it's one of LeBron's finest moments, um, especially at MSG with 52 points and nine rebounds, 11 assists. Uh, I know you're thinking, why just a random a random game? Um, LeBron is set to overtake Kareem at some point very, very soon. Um, and obviously, I want to have a look at some of his, his best scoring games. And I also want to do a, a piece, Mark, because uh, he's... <laughs> He's blamed me for putting as much Phoenix Suns into these throwbacks as possible. So I've thrown him a bone and uh, we'll, we'll have a Knicks game. Um, although he won't Oh, so you throw in a I... game where the Knicks get smashed up. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was going to say, you won't appreciate it when I read out the uh, starting five for the Knicks. But the, the Knicks have never been, they've been part of so many moments of history, but never <laughs> on the right side, ever. A two-time champs. Uh, yeah. Like... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we were on the yeah. right side of history. Exactly. Uh, 50 no, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> no one else on this podcast can say that. You're a lucky man. Um, LeBron is only 117 points uh, at the moment away from passing Kareem, um, which is which is crazy. It's going to happen soon. Um, he's only in far less games. He's going to do it at a, a much younger age as well. Uh, it, it's going to be great to see how many can, he can rack up um, and totally push that out of reach you know and he's still doing it at his, at his age the, the numbers he's putting up I think it's um it's at 29 something at the moment which is uh you know pretty phenomenal for an old man such as LeBron yeah when you just said LeBron is only 117 I was like he's <laughs> like years old <laughs> I'd say I'd, I'd save this for a bit late, later but um when I when I looked at LeBron yeah from 2009 I, f- I forgot that he he actually was young because when he came in the league, everyone's like, he looks like a really old man. But <laughs> now I know he's an old man. He, he actually looks young when he was supposed to. So 
it's taken 20 years but he looks like um you know he he, he did look young at one point I tell, I, i'm almost gonna dis i'm almost gonna disagree with you though i'm i'm gonna almost disagree with you though wardy because i watched this video and i went he, he looks old then like i was thinking 2009 like <laughs> how old is he there like he still looks like an old he sounds like an old man as well in the interview i think i watched the, the highlights i watched in the post-game interview he sounds like an old man yeah his voice had changed and he was losing his hair. Yeah. And obviously he's had his hair done since then. So he's got a proper hairline again now. Paul LeBron. Well, you can't say Paul LeBron. 20-year career, you can't say Paul LeBron. He, he, can, he can enjoy looking like an old man. Everyone's got to be. Everyone's got to have something wrong with them. <laughs> LeBron just looks like an old man. This was a fun game to watch, though. I really liked watching this game. It was so interesting to see, like, watching old LeBron or kind of older LeBron versus now. Um the watching him play this game it was like uh, two different halves uh, because if you if you're watching the replay for this particular game first of all lebron comes out and scores 20 in the first quarter which is absolutely mad uh, but other than one absolutely monster like reverse dunk he, basically everything is jumpers like almost every single point in the first quarter is jumpers and it's, I was watching it thinking, that doesn't seem like LeBron now. Like, we know we know LeBron has been so explosive. But in this game, it's just like mid-range after mid-range after three, after mid-range after mid-range. As I said, there's one play in the first. I think it's the second point, uh, sec, kind of the second basket he gets, where he kind of comes under the basket, comes up, massive reverse dunk. But then you fast forward to the fourth quarter, and I'm pretty sure he just spends the entire time just driving. Uh, I'm pretty sure at once. I'm pretty sure like free throws. Uh, he was six of nineteen that game, but I'm pretty sure all of those came from the second half, where he just spent the whole time driving. So it was quite interesting to watch like the two contrasts because what we're used to now, especially for that first quarter, it was totally different. He was a terrible free throw shooter when he was younger as well. Like he's six for nineteen. Six, no, sorry, sixteen for nineteen. Sorry, he was sixteen for nineteen. Oh. That was a good day. Then. I'd take 16 for 19. Yeah, he wasn't a great free throw shooter, though. Uh, at the time, 16 for 19 was a good night, though, for sure. Um, the the squad, both squads were hilarious. i got, I got to start there. Um, I'll start with LeBron's teammates. So Ben Wallace, whose Cavs career wasn't anything really to, to shout about, and he was coming to the end of his career. El Galstigas was a reasonable player. Um, and then um, Wally Zerbiak, who was former Nick. He, I think he was the second top scorer. Oh, no, Big Z. Big Z was. Oh, Big Z was. Okay. And then Wally was coming to the end of his career. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, managed to get managed to get 12 points in. Um, I met Wally Zerbiak. I'll save that for another, another uh, story for you <laughs> one day. Um and then <laughs> off the bench, they had Varajal, JJ Hickson, um, and Booby Gibson. It was a terrible team, like fucking awful. And they only had eight players as well. Yeah, but they had LeBron. Uh, and uh, LeBron for a good game. <laughs> it didn't um, need anybody else. But, yeah. but the Knicks, the, the Knicks weren't that better either. Um, Mate, terrible. We're one of the worst Knicks lineup ever. Yeah. Al Harrington, David Lee, Chris Duhon, Quentin Richardson, and Jared Jeffries. Who was I don't know. I think uh, everybody's favourite player for a couple of months, and 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 then that was it for him. Jared Jeffries is an interesting one because he's he had some really good Jordan PEs because Mike really likes him, 
Uh, I think everybody really likes him, but he wasn't a good player and he was right at the end of his career. Chris Duhon's probably the worst point guard the Knicks have ever had. Um, <laughs> Tim Thomas spent a lot of time guarding LeBron and he was old as dirt by that mm. point in his career. Like That was his second stint with the Knicks and he was old as dirt by then. Um, David Lee was Nick's best player in general at that time, which kind of shows you how low they were. This is about when I started, like a couple of years before this is when I started to to support the Knicks. Um, so David Lee was like my guy. Um, and Al Harrington, yeah, was their top scorer. He had a great night, 39 mm. points, to be fair. Like he, he, he kept a minute. And we've talked about this before, like nobody has great games. Nobody gets 50 on blowout games. You have to have a team that stays in it. Mm. And, Though the Cavs took a 10-0 lead, like the Knicks came back and, and did, you know, kind of stay within reaching distance, which made it interesting. Yeah, and you, you said at the start it was, it was a blowout. I mean, it was it was five points in it at the end. Uh, Cavs to win 107, yeah. 102. Uh, and it was competitive all the way through. You know, I think you take out LeBron uh, and a great game by Al Harrington, and then they're quite evenly matched teams, aren't they? Looking through the roster. Um <laughs> It just, you know, one person... Al Harrington would be well happy with that comparison. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. bad, is it? Yeah. But, it was, you know, it's one performance uh, that, that divided that game. And, you know, LeBron was amazing. And what it it showed me the um, development of his game. Because now when you watch him, you you know what to expect from LeBron. You know he is gonna, he's going to run the team in his own way. Um, similar to what we said about uh, Kobe last week. He, he just looks for everybody. He goes for everybody's... Uh, gets everyone involved. Um, he's very slow and methodical. He knows what he wants to do and when he wants to do it. But when he was younger, he did the same thing, but he did it so much faster. And it was always him being the point of attack first. He would attack. Um, and it's not like he would get to the basket and think, I need to do something here. Um, he knew what he wanted to do. He knew he was going to kick out to the wing. He knew he was going to dribble through, pull it out and run something again. But just the the speed and the aggression of him attacking it's, it was nice to be reminded that he was that that young guy thirsty to sort of make a name for himself um and not at the moment as we know him as an established vet yeah and uh you mentioned kobe there and that was interesting as well because kobe had been there the, they, they called that week dream week or something like that uh, and the knicks were playing the the lakers the Cavs, and someone else uh that week and kobe had been there and scored 60 <laughs> Um, in the game, previous. I noticed that because the whole way through the game, they're like, and LeBron is currently on this many points. Prior, Kobe was on this, <laughs> yeah. and that the, the commentary was was LeBron is doing this, but Kobe did it better. Like that was the whole game. Yeah, and Bronny had scored fifty there the year before as yeah. well. Like that wasn't his first fifty. No. I think he's the only player to have um, two fifty pieces at MSG, which is pretty impressive. And we we got to talk about that that rebound, right? Oh, at the end. Like the triple double, yeah. yeah. Fucking hell, he, he gets the rebounds. Like he clearly <laughs> grabs a re- yeah. rebound, lands, yeah. jumps out of play, and they don't give it to him. Like you, you really denied the guy a fifty-point triple double at the Garden. Uh, it was it was happening. Yeah. In, it, it was happening in two thousand and nine. It's happening in two thousand and twenty-three. <laughs> the refs are against the broad. <laughs> if Pat Bev was there with his camera, they would have given it to him. Yeah, they should have. They should have given him that rebound just on the strength of him sort of jumping three rows back after getting that rebound. Like he fought for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he fought off a couple of teammates for that one, didn't he? Like that. That was. This is my triple double right here. I'm getting this. They done him dirty. Um, it was at that point where one of the commentators said, "This man is going to average a triple double one yeah. day." Might have been Clyde. 
Um, and obviously, LeBron hasn't ever averaged a triple-double. He's, he's come fairly close. Westbrook has since then. Um, do you know how many times LeBron has averaged a double-double, you two? Oh, no. In his career, how many seasons he's averaged a double-double? None. Matt, Matt, Matt Wardy, why did you say... Uh, why do you say none? It's, he's a consummate, what, 25 to 30 point scorer and then eight rebounds, eight assists. And that's literally yeah. all the way through, isn't it? Like every season you think, oh, this is the year. He got eight last year, eight last year. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on, apart from one season. Oh. So his uh, second, year, second year with the Lakers, he got uh, 10 assists. But apart from that, he is, yeah, pretty much 20 to 25 to 30 points um, and then somewhere around uh, eight and eight. So he's got less uh, less double doubles, uh, less seasons with double doubles than David Lee. You know, like I say, the, the, the cornerstone of the, of the Knicks of that of that era. <laughs> any time to give David Lee a shout out, any opportunity I could take. Right, guys. So um, great third quarter throwback. We'll go straight into the fourth quarter, and uh, this is where. We spend a little bit of time looking forward to some of the games that we are uh, kind of have circled in our calendar um, this week. Um, Mark or Wardy, do you want to kick us off? I've realised every single time because I introduce these quarters, uh, I'm the one that ends up talking first. And after me sabotaging the first quarter, now I feel bad and I want to pass over to you guys. Yeah, I'll, I'll lead this off because I want to sort of I want to pick up uh, from the third quarter. Uh, first game I have is Saturday the 4th um, of February because the Lakers play the Pelicans and that is that's when I'm going to say LeBron is going to make history and he's going to overtake Kareem Ooh. you heard it here first yeah I kind of want him to say that he'll do it um, I think it's a, I think he's got a big game I think it's at the Garden um, coming up soon I've got that totally wrong, but there's, there's a bigger game halfway through the week and I was thinking, oh, can he get 260 games? But then I realised it's back-to-back as well. So I went for the sensible choice and I went uh, for Saturday the 4th. Um, unfortunately, it might not be a good game. The Pelicans have been on a bit of a slide, which is a, is a shame. But, you know, when, you, when you're going to make history the way he will, um, it's going to be a huge moment. It'll be definitely one to watch back on. Yeah, how many games have they got between now and then? Then, it's, why do I feel like in my head? I suppose 107, 100, and, or over just over hundred points. What you said earlier. I suppose if he keeps playing the way he's playing at the minute, that's only two or four yeah, games. Four games. Like that. is it? Four, the, four games. Yeah, that's the fourth one. That is, that's that is sort the fourth, fourth game. from now. Yeah, so they've got um, they've got the Nets Nets on Monday, uh, Knicks on Tuesday. They got the Pacers. Uh, I think it's Friday yeah. or uh, the Thursday, Pels. and then they've got yeah. So um, I think having a back to back in there might slow him down from from getting th- sort of thirty to forty in a couple of games. But um, yeah, I think the safe bet is the Pelicans. Or do you think he must just think fuck it? Like LeBron could just be like fuck it. I'm going to go and get three forties or just get a couple fifties. Matt Sibley, you're using finger, you're using your fingers at the moment to count, <laughs> to count points. What's going on? Sorry, I'd, actually, I had an itch. I actually had an itch on the palm of my hand. <laughs> I was just oh yeah, yeah. Thumb. I could see your yeah. You were like carry the one. Point <laughs> Mass wasn't my strong point. All right, uh, <laughs> Mass wasn't my strong point. <laughs> okay, so so you're saying, what are you saying? Four games. 
he's going to do it on the on that Saturday night. So his fourth yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, let's go second quarter. Let's be really specific. Oh, in the second quarter. Second quarter. Jesus, Jesus. Christ. <laughs> Mystic Meg over here with his predictions. <laughs> he gets ten. He gets ten wow. out of ten on the All Star predictions, and now all of a sudden he's a he's a palm reader. <laughs> Simply, what are you saying? I mean, and if you could give it, if you could give us the minute that he's oh, going to okay. do it as well, please. <laughs> I mean, it seems fairly reasonable that uh, he's going to do it against the Pelicans. Uh, I'm not going to say. I, I reckon he's going to do it in exactly. It will be a three-pointer at four and a half minutes into the fourth. Don't know what minute that is in the game. I don't know why I've said nice. it that way, but that's exactly nice. how it's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going for a free throw because I like it when people do it uh, when it's on a free mm. throw. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because then you get, you get a nice applause. You probably get you probably get a stop. Like one of the coaches will call a timeout so you can have a yeah. applause and everything. It's always a nice moment. Dap some people up. So, yeah, I'm hoping it's on a free throw. That, that's all of a sudden made uh, this week very, very exciting. I don't know about you guys, but I found it... There, there, weren't, there aren't too many this week that are like really jumping out the page to me that uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm really, really excited about that one. Really? The only one that straight away jumps out to me is, uh, or again, I think a lot of these games were probably put together thinking that these teams will be in better situations than they actually are. Like if I'm looking at the, uh, if I'm looking at the schedule now, you've got things like Boston Suns, but obviously Suns aren't doing too great at the minute. And there's a couple that you think if actually they'd carried on playing like they were last year, maybe they were big uh, big games. The one that I suppose jumps out to me is same night as what Wardy was saying there, Saturday. You do have uh, the Mavs versus Golden State, uh, which of course is um, going to be a big one. But Repeat of last year's Western Conference Finals. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. They said that um, Luca's day today, isn't he? So I don't know. I, I don't know whether or not. I'm sure by next Saturday or whatever it is, he's probably going to be back. But um, that's the one game for me. I think that that jumps out as. I mean, it's it's Steph versus Luca, right? It's, it's going to be a big one. They might not need Luca if uh, Spencer Dinwiddie steps up like he did. Um, over the weekend because he was big. In fact, everybody um, came up big, but particularly him. Um, I can't believe you didn't mention Matt Sibley that night as well, that Saturday night. It's Clippers versus Knicks. What a what a big game. Everybody's talking about it. It's, it's the biggest game of the season. <laughs> For anyone listening to the Hoops and Recreation podcast, yeah, it is. <laughs> it means that, I mean, to be fair, we're going to probably be recording the next day next week so it means that either either you'll be really disappointed <laughs> or I'll, or i'll i'll be expecting to lose anyway so i'm not going to be so bothered i'll be i might be i'll be happy if we get a win forever forever the optimist um the knicks have also got the heat on um thursday and the heat are really heating up at the moment like they are getting yeah. good at the right time um, and they're currently only one game apart, so I'm, I'm quite looking forward to that one. Um, the biggest game for me this week uh, in the Eton Conference, uh, Nets versus Celtics Wednesday night, um, which is a, a pretty exciting one because I think the Net. I mean, I know KD's not there, which is massive, especially defensively um, for, for the Nets, um, which is a shame, but you, I still want to see these two go at it. You know, that that's either... Those two, um, or or potentially the Sixers, are, are what we might be looking at in the finals. So it's a it's a it's a potential playoff matchup at some point, anyway. Yeah, like I said, the reason why I didn't have that circled is because of injuries and things. It's obviously it's still going to be important for the standings, uh, net Celtics, but I just feel like 
so at the minute with KD out, the Celtics are just playing at a slightly better level than the Nets, unless all of a sudden Kyrie just decides to have a monster night. The I know we said earlier about how good the Nets are at the minute, but there's good without KD and then there's Celtics good, if you kind of get what I mean there. Like the Celtics are just at the next level and I just don't see without KD... I just don't see the Nets winning that game. I mean, the Knicks beat the Celtics and then the Nets beat the Knicks. So really, that would make... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you took that logic, then the Nets are the best team. Oh, that's like very... <laughs> that's that playground mentality of like, yeah. well, I beat you at I beat you at this game and you beat that person yeah. at that game. So therefore... <laughs> so if the Celtics beat the Nets, then nobody's knows what the fuck's going on uh and then the only other one that i had circled um pelicans mavs um as well on thursday but again if zion's out and if um lucas out yeah. <laughs> people might have bought tickets for that one way in advance thinking but yeah <laughs> two of the most exciting players in the league <laughs> and now they're like oh damn I'll just get to watch dwight powell and Jonas valentunas beat each other up <laughs> for eight minutes <laughs> I have just I've I've kind of been scrolling up and down trying to find another one to uh, to circle in the diary and I have all of a sudden completely uh missed the fact that we have Heat and Bucks uh next Saturday as well and now I completely take back everything that I've said previously because I actually somehow think that next Saturday is quite an exciting day for basketball like you said earlier uh, uh Mark the the game that everyone is waiting for Clippers versus Knicks Apparently, LeBron's going to smash the scoring record. You've got Mavs and uh, Golden State. And hey, Heat and Bucks. That's a bit of a spicy game, isn't it? So basically, the entire week is shit. Yeah, apart from Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a really shit week. And then Saturday is unbelievable. Like, there's way too many games to watch. You have to dedicate your entire evening to it. And the problem is, is... All of those other games are all starting at the same time, basically. You've got uh, the, the, the Clippers and Knicks an hour before uh, Miami and the Bucks, And at the same time as Miami and Bucks, uh, LeBron's apparently going to break the scoring record. And just half an hour after that, you've got Mavs Golden State. So realistically, if we do get to Saturday, all of these other amazing games, no one's going to give a shit about because they're all going to be watching <laughs> LeBron. Yeah, I'm pretty disrespectful of you to... Um to leave out the uh, the Suns-Pistons game on that Saturday night as well because that, that is definitely a big one that a lot of people have got marked <laughs> on their calendars. Some people are saying it could be game of the year. Like It's, it's that important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sadi- Sadiq Bay. <laughs> Sadiq Bay's been playing great. <laughs> Sadiq Bay versus DeAndre Ayton is the, the matchup that we've all been waiting for. Wardy, I, I can see you physically shaking just thinking about having to wait a week for that game. Are you going to be all right? Ridiculous that you said Sadiq Bay versus DeAndre Ayton because I think, like I said a couple of weeks ago, he's he's never the one mentioned for having a good game. It's the Tory Craig or someone else. No, it's it's not for me. I mean, hopefully it's sort of... I don't know if I want to win anymore. They're just in this limbo with... Um, beating the, beating the really, really out. bad teams. Yeah. Well, they, they beat the Spurs. They beat the Hornets this week. Um, managed to squeak out a win out over the Grizzlies, but then they, they lost to Dallas. Um, so, so we're just going to be middling again. Um, so no, I will not be watching Phoenix versus Detroit. Uh, not with, not with some other good ones. 
on the schedule that weekend. Um, but one other that I did have circle was the Clippers at Milwaukee. Um, I think it's going to be a good one. Obviously, the Clippers are, you know, are, are doing brilliant at the moment. Um, we're starting to see a lot of potential from them. Uh, and Milwaukee are just simmering. So it'd be nice to see if uh, Milwaukee can bring it for that game uh, and try and fire up the, you know, their season again because they, for so long, I think they were just sat in second place thinking, well, okay, the Celtics have been one of those years. We, we could just sit here and we, we can lay in the cut and wait for, you know, everything to play out in the playoffs. But um, like you say, the, the Nets have been awesome. The Sixers have gone on this incredible run. Um, the Heat, they're starting to climb up. You, you imagine they're going to be sort of in the mix for four or five soon. Um, I think this could be the time. Milwaukee needs a bit of a kick in the bucks and this is it. I was going to say, I don't know. Oh. I, in my, I, I started laughing in my head and I was like, is that the lag on Zoom or is that intention? <laughs> like- <laughs> I was going to say, oh dear. You guys missed that one as well. Like I thought that was that was a proper dad one. Oh, yeah. oh, um, just just quickly with the Bucks, because they don't want to lose home court advantage. They need to finish in the top four. Um if you're the Bucks and you haven't quite got it back together, the lineup is pretty much there. Do you make a move? Are you are you making a move in the trade window? I don't think they need to mess around with anything, to be honest. Chris Chris Middleton needs to play. I think that's it, really. Well, he has you know, been playing, just not that well. Yeah, but not, no, exactly. You know, it, it, and it's going to take him time. You know, he's had a long time off. He's, he needs to, mm. you know, get his reps back, get back in there. Um, I think it's time for them. They are, they're one of those teams that they've got their eyes set on something much bigger. Um, home court would be brilliant in the playoffs, but, you know, they know how to win um, and they've got a team that's really set up for it. Um, so I don't think then you know maybe a little tweaking around the edges, some minor trades. I don't think they need to do anything drastic at all. No, I I agree. I don't think there needs to be any sort of um, kind of big big change. There's from from the the players that we're hearing that are available potentially with the trade window. There's no one that I'm thinking like that makes too much sense. I mean that the players that we're we're hearing. Um, that could be obviously available. Jay Crowder's always, name's always coming up. You've got Pascal Siakam. Yeah. And then, yeah, as, as well as that, you've got um, Ananobi as well. And I mean, yes, of course, these are all like three and D wings, which every team is going to say yes to. But I don't necessarily, there's no one like really, really jumping out that I would say, yes, you need that person. Of course, everyone's going to say, yeah, that'd be great to get an Ananobi or it'd be great to get a Jay Crowder. But every team in the league would improve if they had one of those players. Yeah, both of those players would help the Bucks. I think like because uh Bobby Portis is out for a little while as well. So someone with a little bit of size um and who can shoot the three w- would fit well. I think Jay Crowder would be a really good fit. I'm sure they prefer to have an um OG because he's a lot younger. But Crowder's not doing anything. They'll probably get him for a second round pick. Yeah, well, I was also listening to a, a, another podcast. Um, not that our listeners should listen to any other podcast. You should only listen to us. But uh, I was listening to... I can't listen to myself. That would be vain. So I have to listen to another podcast. So <laughs> I was... Apparently, uh, apparently Toronto are asking for three first round picks for OGN and OB. Uh, which three I don't first know if the Bucks rounds? Have that. Apparently so. Again, it's secondhand knowledge. This isn't my own research. This was another podcast that might not be as reputable as us saying this. But uh, apparently, three are you, first are you sure picks. it wasn't three seconds? Because I think no, I, I saw Woj 
Woj said three seconds. I trust in the Woj. It sounds like they want one one pick per syllable. <laughs> one per <laughs> syllable. <laughs> that has ruined you, Matt Sibley. And I think on that note, <laughs> in this episode, thank you once again for listening. Is this the dagger? Thank you for listening to the Hoops and Recreation podcast. Remember, if you like this episode, leave us a five-star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Make sure you follow at Sneakers and Recreation on Instagram to keep up to date with all things Hoops and Recreation. And until next time, goodbye.